Welcome to the Energy Upgrade Podcast. Hey, I'm Vanessa, and I'm obsessed with all things health, energy, entrepreneurship, motherhood, and living my best life. I'm here to give you actionable steps in reclaiming your energy and reconnecting with your power. I'm a certified integrated health practitioner and kinesiologist. I spent the past decade with a focus on skin health and age prevention while co-founding a network of medical aesthetic clinics on the west coast of Canada. After healing myself from burnout, mold, heavy metal, and all the things, I'm back to my passion for health optimization, and I'm lucky enough to coach high-achieving women just like you in finding their energy and life force back transforming their life so they can step into the highest version of themselves has energized me and inspired me to bring to life this podcast. Here, I'll talk about detox, lifestyle, mindset, supplements, breathwork, parasites, (laughs) and everything in between. I know you're so busy, so I keep it under 30 minutes. Thank you for being here. Cozy up and let's get started. Your energy is your life force. You want to be able to magnetize your wildest dreams. A liver detox is the fastest way to start healing. You can and you will. Hello, high achieving woman. Welcome back to another episode of the Energy Upgrade. This is Vanessa. I'm your host. And today I'm going to be talking about a topic. It's probably the number one thing I get asked. And it's all about food. Today, I'm going to be sharing what I eat in a day or how I eat in a day. And I want to I want to preface this by saying that nutrition is such a complex topic. And I'm sure you know this already. But it's also something I believe is highly individualized. And it's probably the reason why I I do share about food, nutrition, and, you know, the way to heal your body using food. I do share about that, but I don't go overboard on the food aspect. And that's because I have tried all the diets. I have failed miserably. I have also learned through those failures that there is no one size fits all. And so it's not, it's not, accurate to say that keto works for everybody. It's not accurate to say that paleo works for everybody. So I am very careful in approaching this topic today because I I don't want you to think that the way I eat in a day is the way you should be eating. However, I'm sharing it because it might spark some ideas, give you some inspiration, and I'm all for that as you know, but I want to be to remind you that nutrition, basically what is, what it is it, it's, it's a way to nourish and feed our bodies so that they can stay in that state of balance. It can receive the micro and macronutrients that it needs to have energy to heal, to have a strong immune system, to fight off any unwanted organism, bacteria, mold, heavy metals, all the things that don't belong in the body, food can help us actually be more, be stronger, more resilient, so we can kick those things out. Also, in in the same token, food can make us sick. 
food can has the capacity to actually slow us down dramatically. And so that is more the purpose of me sharing this today is really to enlighten you to the power of food. Food is medicine. You've heard this a million times before, but it truly is. It has the power. It actually has more power than any pharmaceuticals out there, actually. And there's lots and lots and lots of studies around that. And also, you don't even need to look at studies. You can just look at history and humans and nature and go back to the blue zones in the world and the, the people that live the longest, the healthiest. What is it that they do? They rely on food to heal themselves, to energize themselves. It's their nourishment. It's their primary way of feeding their body and feeling really anchored in their power and their energy. So I, I'm going to be approaching it from that angle, right? We're really going at food, looking at it with reverence, with, with gratitude. We want to also, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you're, you're very privileged and lucky enough to be surrounded by abundance, right? And so we have to also realize how lucky we are to be living in this very, very abundant world, even though we you know, we others around or some outside forces are trying to convince us that the other way. But if you just look around, there's so much beauty and abundance, right? And that goes for food as well. If you feed yourself with processed foods and sugary foods and things that don't grow naturally in nature, yes, you might feel affected by you know, supply chain and all these things and cost rising costs of groceries. And, and so I prefer to stay in my own, you know, in my own realm where I can actually be really grateful for what is growing naturally in nature. And now that spring is here, I'm just so inspired and motivated to actually, you know, really, really do our garden this year. We didn't get to do it last year because we moved it we moved in halfway through summer and we dived into renos right away. But this year, we want to have our hands in the ground. And I'm I'm very excited about that. So let's let's just dive right in. Let's talk about how I feed my body in, in a day. And um, so as you know, I do not intermittent fast anymore. So I usually will fast 12 to 14 hours every day always i think 12 to 14 hours is a very very safe window for everybody like everybody should do that and it actually feels really good it will provide you more energy because it gives your digestive system more time to rest actually so 12 to 14 hours every day when i wake up in the morning you know what i have my tall glass of water sea salt lemon then i usually um, get the kids ready for school, prepare lunches. And usually, you know, within an hour, they're out the door. And so I will make my smoothie. I try to have my morning smoothie within a couple hours of waking up. And then I sip on it for at least 30 minutes and, and sometimes like 30, 45, 60 minutes. And that's, that's a very important trick, um, actually, to make sure that your smoothie feels nourishing throughout the morning and, and to make sure you're not hungry 30 minutes later. If you haven't grabbed my smoothie guide yet from um, 
the previous episode, like I shared exactly why um, having a smoothie in the morning matters. I think that was episode seven. So if you haven't listened to that, I strongly invite you to go listen to that episode to know exactly how I design my morning smoothie. And if you haven't grabbed my smoothie guide yet, make sure to find me on Instagram at vgrutman and DM me the word smoothie. And then I will be more than happy to send you my free guide so you know how to build your smoothie, right? There is a very, very important balance to respect when you're building a smoothie. The proper amount of protein, greens, um, fruits, and the right fruits as well to protect your your glucose and and, uh, avoid any spikes, um, and then healthy fats, right? There's the there's a perfect balance of all these elements that you need to respect to make sure that your smoothie is nourishing and providing you, as I mentioned earlier, not only the, the macros, but also the micros, so vitamins and minerals that you need. So if you haven't grabbed it, DM me smoothie, and I'll be sure to send you that. So I have my mo- morning smoothie. I sip on that in the morning. If I have a coffee, it'll be somewhere between you know, nine and 11 usually is my sweet spot. Um, my smoothie, I normally have it around eight, eight 30. And then I have lunch at about, um, anywhere between 11 30 and 12 30. I, I very rarely will wait past that. I've come to learn that once I pass even the 1 PM mark, it's really affecting my energy after that in the afternoon. So I prefer to be eating, you know, really respecting sort of this three to four hour rule of eating and making sure my brain is getting the energy it needs. And again, that's really always thinking of nourishing my body for energy, right? So I'm not a person that recommends heavy snacking. I'm not, I'm not a snacker. So I usually stick to three meals a day and keep it at that. Um, It is my recommendation, especially if you're in a stressed state, Because the more you eat, the more stress we cause on the body, right? The more you eat, the more the the digestive system needs to work hard. And while it's working hard, it's stealing some energy that could go to your brain and to other, um, you know, places in your body that you're you're actually needing, right? So um, if you're feeling like you're, you're low energy, one of the first things you can make sure you do is to stop snacking. Like some people graze through the day. Like that's all they do is they're always, always eating. And although it's a very, it's, it's, it can be a challenging habit to stop and cut. It's a very positive one. Um, and you'll, you'll actually feel a difference pretty, pretty quickly after, um, snacking. And instead of having three really full meals, that's going to help you to also set a cadence in your day. And cadence matters. It really does. So you want a cadence is going to help you um, normalize and regulate your circadian rhythm, which is really the premise. It's It's what's holding your hormones, your melatonin production, your cortisol production. It's It's at the root of it all. So our goal is to try to, and this is going to sound a little bit cheesy, but you know, like, like back in the days when there was no electricity, humans were eating with the sun and that's how we want to approach eating, right? So you can have it's and it's better to start your day earlier and to finish eating also earlier in the day. So going back to lunchtime, 
I actually, I'm, I'm boring that way, but I have a salad at lunch every day. Seriously. Um, and funny enough, I'm actually not bored. I'm excited, looking forward to it. And the key is this in my fridge at all times, I keep fresh local produce of all colors of the rainbow. And so, yes, I have a salad every day, but it's never the same. There is no like it's literally different every single day. And I love it. You know, it's funny because I'm a very creative person and somehow I find a lot of fun and joy in creating my salad at lunch. But because I keep all these pro like these produce in my fridge, it actually takes seriously, it takes me like six minutes maybe to put together. Like it's quick. I know how to build it. So I'll have like a couple good handfuls of greens and depending on what I have, it might be like some bok choy, some romaine, some lettuce, some arugula. You know, I change my greens all the time. And then I'll throw in on top more veggies, maybe some, like I'll go with whatever's in season. So maybe it's like radishes and purple radishes. Maybe like, I'm not someone who eats, um, peppers only because I don't do well with them. But you know, peppers are a great way to add color. Um, and so you know, celery and cucumbers and, and I love to add some sprouts, um, broccoli sprouts and um, sunflower seed sprouts, and just have fun like that. And then I usually add uh, my fat usually comes from half an avocado, I pretty much have that every day at lunch. Um, and then my protein at lunch is often more vegetarian or vegan based. Um, and that's really just to keep the inflammation in my body low. So I try to have meat once a day um, and not more. So at lunch, um, you know, I'm pretty sensitive to eggs right now, something I'm working on. So I'm I'm not having eggs, but egg is a great thing to have at lunch if you're if you're able to digest it and if you're not reacting to it. Um, I love like hemp hearts. Those are so easy. I buy the organic hemp hearts at Costco. You add two big scoops and here you go. You have your full amount of protein. I love roasted chickpeas. I'll have sometimes um, tofu as long as it's organic. Um, I'll have it maybe, you know, once, not even once a week, maybe like a couple times a month or something like that. It's especially if you have a, an estrogen dominance, it's really important to make sure you don't get um, tofu more than once a week. And then, um, yeah, so I play around sometimes it's just like, um, some hummus and, uh, on my salad, and then I'll have some nice extra virgin olive oil, cold press. I'll have lots of sea salt, pepper. <clears throat> sometimes I'll add, um, I always try to have fresh herbs as well, which also helps to break the monotony of salads. So like, sometimes it'll be mint and basil and cilantro and, and parsley. So I have fun with that. And so then every day I have something different. So salads are amazing. They're a great way to nourish your body. And the reason why I love to have them at lunch and not dinner is because they do take longer to be digested. Uh, like on average, a salad or any like large amount of raw vegetables, but particularly salads, it takes about four hours to be fully digested. And when you think of that, it's a long time. And if you were to have that at dinner, then there's a good chance that by the time you would go to sleep, you would still be digesting, which is not the goal. Like the, the goal is to try to, you know, by the time you hit the pillow, you're done with, with digesting food and you can really focus on, on deep sleep. So 
that's how I eat at lunch. Then I I go through the afternoon and I don't snack. Like I actually don't feel hungry um, until about 4.30 or 5. And in our home, we actually are, you know, very, yeah, we love routine and schedule. And we try to have early, like dinner early pretty much every day. Like we're eating between, like normally at 5.30 we're eating. Um, Now that does require some, um, planning for sure. Because if I'm working, I'm seeing clients until 4.30, sometimes five, then you can imagine it's like I have to rush. Um, So, you know, we do have some of our favorite dinners that we keep, um, you know, on rotation, if you will, and that helps us. But the way I build dinners also it's not, I, I make it very simple. So it's, it's paleo inspired in the sense that the way I eat will be um, protein and veggies. Usually that's my meal. I'm not, um, I, I'm not opposed to grains per se, but it's not something that I reach out for regularly. And if you're curious to dive a little bit deeper into the grain conversation, there's a wonderful book called The Grain Brain, and I'll, I will put it in the show notes, um, that just, just that talks about the fact that, you know, grains are not something that provides essential nutrition. We use it in North America primarily for carbs, right, to just give us more content, like caloric content to our meals, but it doesn't really serve any purpose from a, um, you know, nutritional standpoint. Some people could argue that, let's say, oat can provide some B vitamins, but uh, that's debatable. For me, anyway, I stick to more like very, very heavy on the greens, on the veggies. At night, I like to have them cooked. So whether it is um, steamed and sautéed or roasted in the oven, like broccolis roasted in the oven, yum. Um, and then we'll have like some fish, some, um, pasture-raised poultry or turkey, chicken. Um, we'll have some, we have, um, a local farm here where we get grass-fed, grass-finished, um, red meat. So we might have that once or twice a week. So we try to rotate all the time. And, because I keep the structure of my meals pretty easy, like a protein and um, a veggie, it actually takes the planning, the recipe building out of it. Like you'll actually never see me following a recipe for dinner. Like it's just, it's just something A, I don't have time to do and B, you don't need to make it that complicated. Like you really don't like the most nutritious way of eating is to just utilizing whole food. And yes, of course, bringing spices and herbs and like, you know, garlic and things like that to really make it tasty. But I like for me, like big complicated recipes. And and it's funny because you always message me asking, can I have your recipes? Can you share more recipes for this? And I'm like, I don't follow recipes. And, and I mean, I guess I should, but it's, and my husband would, would testify to this, that he finds it pretty funny, but (laughs) I kind of whip things together. I really follow my intuition. I get creative. I never do the same thing twice. Um, So 
maybe it's something I should improve on. But for now, it's working well. And it's working because I don't have an hour to meal prep every night. So I kind of just whip things together based on what's in the fridge, what's in season, what was available um, at the grocery store. And, and then we just kind of flow with that. Um, now, kids, my kids do love pasta and rice like any other kids, right? So we do have a very wide range of different types of pasta that I keep, like chickpea pasta, lentils, lentil-based. Um, sometimes we'll have cassava-based pasta. So I try to never give them the same one. So there's lots of different nutrition there. Um and, you know, I think it's like white jasmine rice is amazing. And even me, sometimes I'll have it maybe a couple times a week. Um, I don't stress too much about that. Um, and it's, it's not necessarily that I'm, tr I'm not trying to lose weight, I'm more trying to maintain. And so I'm, I'm just trying to be mindful of, you know, the carbs component per se, I'm, I will never consider carbs coming from fruits and vegetables um, bad. Like I think the more the more fruits and veggies you have, like 60 to 80% of your diet in the day should come from fruits and vegetables. It's that simple. Like if you look at all blue zones and all the countries where the people are living the longest, the healthiest, that is the secret. That is the one thing they all do is 60 to 80% of what they consume in a day comes from nature. Right. So, and it provides you the amazing fiber, the phytonutrients, the antioxidant that we need to build a strong microbiome. So, that's kind of what I follow intuitively. So, going back to, um, yeah, dinner, I try to keep it simple. So, let's say if I have a piece of fish with some roasted broccoli, the kids might have a serving of jasmine rice with that. But we normally try to eat the same thing. It's just sometimes I'll have less grains. And that's just, for me, I find I do better with that. But for my husband, for example, he needs those extra calories. Like my husband is, is the kind of person like he eats and it just, it's like, he will never gain weight. And so if you're like that in your case, well, yeah, you should have some grains and you should have more dense food like that. For me, I find the carbs that work, like I get my carbs more from root vegetables. So like sweet potato, cassava, I love um, squash, things like that, that works well with my body. And I try to follow also my cycle. So where am I, I, I am in the month, I find that in my follicular phase. So the second half of my cycle, I tend to crave a bit more dense food, so more carbs. So then I'll add sweet potato at dinner, for example. Um, and you know, there is nothing that beats good roasted sweet potatoes. Yum. That's so good. Um, so yeah, that gives you an idea. And then I have been able to completely shut down any cravings. So I don't feel the need for anything sugary anymore. If, if I do, you know, what I'll have is I'll have like half a cup or a cup of wild frozen blueberries. And that just makes me really happy or in season. If it was the summer, I could have fresh berries like yum. There's for me, that is like, there is no better way to have dessert to me that that's it like berries. And it's funny because that's really also what my kids have for dessert. Like sometimes they'll have like coconut yogurt after their meal before the night, but 
that's, we don't do anything else. So, um, and then dark chocolate, I used to be really addicted to that. I used to have like 70% plus dark chocolate every night. And then through all my healing protocols, like detoxing and parasite cleanse, and I did some candida heavy metal cleanse in the previous years. And I I've learned to actually like most of the time I actually don't need it. And so now I'll have it sometimes on the weekend, but it's, 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 I'm really happy that I was able to cut. I think it was an addiction. So, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think, again, I like to be in control of what I want to eat and I want to do it really with intention, right? So if I'm having a piece of chocolate, it's because I really am wanting a piece of chocolate and I want to enjoy it. I don't really do mindless eating anymore. And that is something that came from just more healing, right? Peeling more layers back, healing some old narratives, old limiting beliefs about myself, and really taking control back, taking the reins back. And that feels so good. It really does. Um, Again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just for me, I'm just happy to have been liberated from that addiction. Same for coffee, right? And and I've talked about coffee in a previous episode, but how empowering when you can just decide, nah, you know what, today I'm not going to have coffee and I know that it's not going to ruin my day, right? So that's how I eat in a day. So most of you would say, well, that's pretty boring. <laughs> and yeah, it's true. There's nothing like crazy wild, out of the ordinary. Again, 60 to 80% is plant-based. I follow, I try to eat in season whenever possible. I will try to grow my own food this summer. I'm super excited. I have a tower garden now that keeps us with lots of fresh greens through winter. That has been a game changer. Um, Sidebar, this tower garden thing um, allows me to have fresh lettuce, arugula, I have some kale and spinach growing on there. And and basically every morning I go to my garden tower to make my smoothie. Yeah, like I that's what I use it for. It's amazing. And if I run out of greens, I know I always have this tower garden nearby that I can go and um, nourish myself with. So it's it's quite amazing. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention in closing is the topic of whether I buy organic or not. And I, so I, I was trying to think back on when I did the switch. I believe it's when my daughter was born. So about nine years ago, I came across some really, um, like lots of different data at the time that came out about pesticides and glyphosate and the impact it had on kids and and us women trying to grow little humans and um it really affected me and at that point i decided that we would only buy organic now this is this is a, a strong commitment right because it's a much harder to find organic produce it's a lot more expensive especially lately and so you kind of have to be really deeply rooted on why are you doing this because um, it, it's not, it's not an easy decision to take. And I completely understand if budget comes in the way, like, especially nowadays, it's, it's crazy. So this is my trick. If ever budget is, is, um, doesn't allow you to buy everything organic. Like I feel really, really, um, for me, I feel very anchored in that decision and it's non-negotiable. Like it's been the case for nine years and I, 
I really, um, like I really strongly believe in the benefits of that. And so for me, it's something I put pretty high on the priority list. So even if, you know, even if we didn't have the money, I would find a way to to have the money for it. That's how strongly I believe in it. But I completely understand that that might not be where you're at in your journey in the season you're in. And I completely respect that because I wasn't always there. So that's why I always share the dirty dozen clean 15 list that was um, that is updated every year by the EWG organization. So I'm going to link that list in the show notes. Essentially, it gives you the the 12 produce, vegetables and fruits that have the highest and that retain the highest amount of pesticides. So these 12 items, and just to give you an example, like top two are apples and strawberries. So these items contain the highest amount of pesticides. And so if you want to start somewhere, these would be where to start, right? If you were able to transition to organic apples and organic strawberries, that would be your lowest hanging fruit. And then you have the clean 15 list that gives you actually the 15 products that had the least amount in them. That means they don't retain as much pesticide. So therefore, if you also want to be really like feeling good about buying regular products, for example, what's number one on that list? Avocado. Well, that's awesome news because avocados are expensive. So that means you can buy regular regularly grown avocado, and you know you're not going to get a high level of pesticide. So I think that brings peace of mind. And I love to offer that resource um, to my clients and to you today, because I think it can it can help you feel like you're moving in the right direction. You're me- making very intentional choices at the grocery store. And you know, it's going to feed your body the right way in the end, right? So I'll make sure to link it in the show notes today so you have access to it Um, but it's a wonderful resource to rely on and remember it is updated every year so if if you look at an old version like it does change from year to year Um, so be sure to uh, always check back on it so there you go I'm going to leave it at that for today I think um, you know food is always this very big loaded topic I find like it's very hard to cover to cover it or talk about it in a short amount of time but I hope this gives you a good glimpse at basically simplicity wins when it comes to food in my books less is more having just fresh options in your fridge at all time will always save you it's always what's going to make you win and if you're trying to lose weight or if you're trying to heal your body like picking low inflammatory food whole foods from nature is always always going to help you get closer to your goals so with that I'm going to leave you for today and I want to thank you for being here again. I also want to make sure I thank you for the wonderful, wonderful reviews that keep coming on Apple Podcasts. It seriously means the world for me to read you every week and to know that it's the podcast is really impacting you. So thank you again for being here and I can't wait to see you next week. Hey, beautiful women. If the tips and tricks I'm sharing here on the show are getting you inspired, excited about the possibility of feeling like yourself again, maybe it's time we hop on a call. 
Did you know I offer free 30-minute discovery calls to anyone being curious about my health coaching approach, but most importantly, anyone feeling like their time is now. If you're feeling like you've had enough, it's time to turn things around, well, let's chat. Find the link in the show notes and let's meet. The information shared on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't provide any medical advice. Vanessa Grutman does not cure, diagnose, or treat disease. Please consult your physician before trying any new protocol or product.